Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of the Dynamic Dialogue Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Danny Matranga, and in this episode, we are going to be going over 10 tips for improved and expedited fat loss in 2024. These are my 10 no bullshit, highest leverage, guaranteed to work for pretty much anybody fat loss tips. If you do all 10 of these things, you won't need to do any of the other bullshit that you see on social media or the internet or Facebook or YouTube ads that follow follow you around and nag you with products, pills, powders, and potions that just don't work. Follow these 10 tips and get shredded with me in 2024. Enjoy the episode. This podcast wouldn't be possible if it wasn't thanks to support from our awesome partners, one of whom is Vivo Barefoot. Vivo makes the best barefoot training shoe on the market. For years, I stayed away from barefoot training shoes despite knowing the benefit of low cushion, wide toe box shoes for the health of our feet, the intrinsic musculature that helps support everything that we do. I stayed away from these shoes because I thought they were ugly. But that was until, of course, Vivo started producing some absolutely gorgeous barefoot training shoes. These are low cushion, lightweight, breathable trainers that have a ton of bend, a ton of flex, low cushioning to provide for optimal stimulation of the proprioceptors at the bottom of your foot. Fun fact, 70% of the proprioceptive cells in your body, the cells that tell your body where it is in space to help you be coordinated, to help you create movement, balance, stability, all of these things, they're located on the bottom of your foot, fighting to make contact with some kind of surface so they can get the tactile feedback they need to help you optimize and coordinate movement. That's why when you're barefoot, you probably feel more stable and more connected to the ground. And I have never found a shoe that feels better to train in, not just train my clients and stand around in for eight hours a day, but literally train in. Tons of fantastic mobility out of my toe box, the ability to spread my toes, all in one beautiful, climate-friendly package. I'm a huge fan of the Primus Knit Lights. I have them in Obsidian. I have them in Bright White. And I absolutely love this shoe. I have been raving about it for three or four weeks straight. I've never had a better training shoe in my life. You simply can't beat these. They feel great. They look great. My fiance even said, wow, those shoes, and I quote, make it look like you know what you are doing, which that's all I need to hear. Not sure exactly what that means, but I'm guessing it means good things. All the trainers and coaches at my studio said they make my calves look great. And I think this is because when you're wearing a barefoot shoe, you're using more of the intrinsic muscle of your foot and ankle complex that is so imperative for movement. Trust me when I say you've never had a better pair of training shoes than you will when you try Vivo Barefoot. You can't beat these. And Vivo is offering listeners of this podcast a special 10% off order by using the code Danny10 on VivoBarefoot.com. You can just scroll down to the show notes and grab a pair. But these shoes are fantastic. They're beautiful. They train incredibly well. They're durable. And I promise they'll be the best pair of shoes you've ever had in the gym. Again, that's vivobarefoot.com and check out using the promo code Danny10 to save 10% on the best pair of shoes you've ever owned. Here are my 10 best tips for losing body fat, building muscle, changing your body composition in 2024. 
These are the tips that I have found work the best for most people. And when I say most people, I mean the people that I've worked with in the 10 years that I've been coaching fitness and nutrition. It's actually 11 now, which is crazy to me. I'm not going to share with you the highest level, most granular tips that I think can make a small but impactful difference. I'm going to be sharing with you the big rock tips, the things that I think if you do these 10 things properly, all those small granular tips won't really matter that much. These are the longest lever, highest impact habits and behaviors that have worked for me and my clients for over a decade. The stuff that works for soccer moms, the stuff that works for busy professionals, the stuff that works for people who aren't obsessed with fitness. So the first tip that I have for you guys is this, and that is to remember it's better to just go slow when it comes to fat loss. Rapid fat loss or, you know, what many people refer to as crash dieting, which are just diets with very rigid constraints, are super hard to stick to. And I often say something like this. It's easier to lose one pound 50 times than it is to lose 50 pounds one time. And what I mean by that is if you chip away at your weight loss one pound at a time for, say, 50 weeks, you could lose 50 pounds in a year. But if every year for the entirety of your adult life, you attempt crash diets to try to lose 50 pounds rapidly, you may end up just cyclically losing the same weight over and over again. So when it comes to setting up a program or a strategy to lose weight, I would strongly encourage you aim for somewhere between one to two pounds of weight loss per week and just be okay with that. To lose one to two pounds a week is fairly simple. You're gonna calculate your total daily energy expenditure. So that is how many calories you burn in a whole day. Total daily energy expenditure is not base metabolic rate. A lot of people get that wrong. In fact, base metabolic rate is a component of your total daily energy expenditure, which is comprised of one, your base metabolic rate, how many calories your whole body and all your tissues burn completely at rest. Number two, the thermic effect of food, which is essentially the energy cost of digesting and absorbing the food that you eat. Certain foods like protein and fiber have a higher thermic effect of food than ultra processed carbohydrates and lipids. And we'll talk about why we want to include more protein. This is a big reason for it. The third component of your TDEE is your NEAT your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. That's things like fidgeting, adjusting. For me in this chair, when I'm in the desk, it's moving around, it could be pushing back, could be tapping my toes, tapping my fingers. These are forms of neat. A lot of people think of walking as neat, but the truth is any movement that is active is not gonna really qualify as neat. For something to be neat, it needs to be involuntary. And here's a fascinating fact about NEAT, and it's a good way to differentiate people who have quote unquote fast metabolisms from slow metabolisms. And that is in truth, the biggest variance in metabolism person to person isn't anything at a like mechanistic level. It's actually NEAT. People who tend to stay leaner more often have very high NEATs and generally less food rewards. So if you are somebody who just doesn't catch yourself fidgeting very often or moving around a lot, you probably have a moderate to low knee. And I bet you all have a friend who moves around a ton, is constantly moving, can't stay still, who's super lean. 
It's a great example of how powerful NEAT can be. And the last component of your TDEE is your EAT, E-A-T, and that's how many calories you burn exercising. So in an effort to lose weight, you need to calculate your TDEE, and you can do this online very easily, and eat about 500 to 750 calories below that figure. So let's say I calculate my TDEE and it's 3000 calories, somewhere between 2250 and 2500 calories is gonna be enough for me to be in a calorie deficit. And I want my calorie deficit to be between 500 and 750 because that should allow me to lose close to a half a pound to a pound a week without feeling totally overwhelmed, restricted, hungry, irritable, and moody. And I believe that that will work better than a very crash diet with tons of restrictions where maybe your deficit is larger and maybe your initial rate of weight loss is faster, but the likelihood of sticking with it in the long term is much lower. Okay, the number two tip for losing fat and building muscle, getting leaner in 2024, is to build all of your meals around protein. We talked a little bit about thermic effect of food and how protein and fiber have a unique effect on the thermic effect of food. Well, one of the reasons that protein is such a great food for losing fat is because it takes a ton of effort to break it down, digest it, and pack it away into the tissues that use it. Your skin, your bones, your muscles, your hair, your nails are all comprised of protein, and getting it from your stomach to those tissues takes a lot of energy. So not only does protein keep you full, but there's a pretty steep cost to putting it to work. In fact, estimates range from between 20 and 35% of the total calorie amount of protein that is ingested is used for the assimilation of the protein. So do some math with me. Let's say you eat 100 calories of protein, that's 25 grams. You might only absorb 70 to 85 total calories because of how many calories are used just digesting and absorbing the protein. So we want protein to be a foundational component of our diet anytime that we're looking to lose weight. But how much protein should you ingest? There's a range that works really well for normal weight individuals. And I say normal weight individuals, meaning people who are not obese. So I'll give you two criteria. Criteria for people who are sub-obese, people uh, and then a criteria for people who are obese are very heavy. So let's say you are, you know, normal weight, overweight, or on the verge of obesity, but you're not quite obese yet. I recommend 0.6 to one grams per pound of body weight. So let's use myself at my heaviest, I'm around 200 pounds. I prefer to be around 180 pounds. So if I'm 200 pounds and I wanna lose fat, I want 0.6 to one grams per pound of protein per pound of body weight. For me, that's 120 grams all the way up to 200 grams. Being in that range works extremely well for most people. Now let's say you're a little heavier. Let's say you're 300 pounds. Let's say I gain 120 pounds and I wanna get back to my current weight. Well, eating a 240 grams of protein, or I think it'd be close to about 180 grams, all the way up to 300 grams, that's a little bit steep. So for those of you who are heavier, I recommend being around 0.6 to 0.7 grams per pound of total weight, or one gram per pound of your goal weight. Those are really good targets for protein intake. 
Now, there's more to consider when it comes to protein intake. The first thing is, how do we space it out? Protein is very filling, so if you try to eat all of your protein in the afternoon and evening, you'll probably come up short. So what I tend to recommend for most people is take your total protein amount and spread it out across three to four meals and maybe one to two snacks. That will allow you to have a good amount of protein throughout the day to help keep you full, satiated, regulate blood sugar, which is always good when you're in a deficit for curbing appetite, and it won't put you in a position where you get to the end of your day and you're completely full from like a 50 to 60 gram protein bomb, but you have even more protein to eat. That's something that a lot of people run into. So I like to start my day early with protein. I tend to have about 50 grams in the morning in a form of a shake. I have around 40 to 50 grams with both my lunch and dinner. And then I have small protein snacks throughout the day, which definitely help me reach my goal. Another thing that you need to consider when it comes to protein is what type of protein are you ingesting? And it is in fact the case that both plant and animal proteins can be complete. However, many animal proteins are leaner and they are richer in the amino acids that yield uh, or assist most in the development of muscle tissue. So if you are a vegetarian or you are a vegan, please consider supplementing with a plant-based protein to help you gener or just generally drive your protein intake higher without assuming all of those extra calories. Um, but in general, omnivorous protein sources, both plant and animal are fantastic for pretty much everybody. And I am not a huge hater on shakes and bars. Uh, I have a shake pretty much every day, but I would recommend things like yogurt, jerky, cheese over protein bars because they tend to have so many things added to them. What's going on guys? Coach Danny here, taking a break from the episode to tell you about my coaching company, Core Coaching Method, and more specifically, are a one-on-one -on -one fully tailored online coaching program. My online coaching program has kind of been the flagship for core coaching method for a while. Of course, we do have PDF programming and we have app-based programming, but if you want a truly tailored one-on-one -on -one experience with a coach like myself or a member of my coaching team, someone who is certified, somebody who has multiple years of experience working with clients in person online, somebody who is licensed to provide a macro nutrition plan, somebody who is actually good at communicating with clients because they've done it for years, whether that be a via phone call, email, text, right? This one-on-one -on -one coaching program is really designed to give you all the support you need with custom training designed for you, whether you're training from home, the gym, around your limitations and your goals. Nothing cookie cutter here, as well as easy to follow macronutrition programs that are non-restrictive. You'll get customized support directly from your coach's email or they'll text you or they'll WhatsApp you. We'll find the communication medium that best supports your goals as well as provides you with the accountability and the expertise you need to succeed, as well as biofeedback monitoring, baked-in accountability support, and all of the stuff that you need from your coach when you check in. We keep our rosters relatively small so that we can make sure you get the best support possible. But you can apply today by going over to corecoachingmethod.com, selecting the online coaching option, and if we have spots available, We'll definitely reach out to you to see if you're a good candidate. And if we don't, we'll put you on a waiting list, but we'll be sure to give you the best shot at the best coaching in the industry. So head over to corecoachingmethod.com and apply for one-on-one -on -one coaching with me and my team today.
Okay, the number three tip for losing fat in 2024 is hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. It is critical to stay hydrated to fuel your performance both in the gym and outside of the gym. It's great for your skin, it's great for your digestive system, it will help you get better pumps. There's so many benefits to staying hydrated at a physiological level, but when it comes to fat loss, the number one reason we wanna drink a lot of water is because it helps us feel full and satiated. Water works by helping to expand our stomach, especially when we consume it with food, and it does have a appetite regulating effect. And many times when we feel mild dehydration, it also spikes our appetite because we do get a good amount of water from food. So it's always a good idea to start your water consumption early then take it all the way through your day into the evening just shy of when you go to bed because you don't want to wake up peeing all the time, but be sure to hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. I'm a huge fan of water from the tap. Some people will not drink tap water, they only drink filtered water. I think that really depends on where you live. I don't think you need to do any alkaline water, any Kagan water, any pH balance water. None of that, just if you have safe tap water, I believe that's fine. If you don't like tap water, you can filter it, but you wanna aim for about half of your body weight in total ounces daily. So for me, that's about 90 to 100 ounces. Some people just say, hey, drink a full gallon. Just drink a gallon a day, call it good. I tend to find that can work really well too. Okay, the fourth tip to make fat loss much easier in 2024, and this is a big one, and I think it's one of the most overlooked, and that is to include fiber in all of your meals. So one of the biggest crazes of 2024, and it will be bigger in 24 than it was in 23, is GLP-1 drugs like Ozempic, like Wegovi, like Terzepatide, a lot of these new compounds are very, very potent appetite regulators because they help us secrete a compound known as GLP-1, glucagon peptide. Why does this matter when we're talking about fiber? Well, interestingly enough, when you consume fiber from fruit, from vegetables, from whole grains, from legumes, you actually get a similar effect and secrete your own glucagon-like peptide. Now, is this nearly as substantial as taking Ozempic? Of course not. However, it is regulatory in the sense that it will definitely keep you satiated. A high amount of fiber will keep you very satiated. How much fiber should you have in a day? Well, they say about 14 grams per thousand calories you eat. I like to keep it simple for chicks around 25 grams, for dudes around 35 grams. Now, if you eat four meals a day, that means you need to have about six to seven grams of fiber per meal and maybe a piece of fruit or two on top of that. And I think that's pretty easy to do. It usually just looks like adding a cup of cruciferous vegetables to each meal, having a salad, occasionally adding things like beans, legumes, whole grains, all of this stuff can make a really big difference, but the truth is we want fiber on the plate with almost every meal, that'll get you there. Tip number five for losing fat in 2024 is to overhaul your snacking habits. I am a huge advocate for eating in a way that feels natural and many of you enjoy snacking. However, a lot of the foods we like to snack on are hyper palatable and ultra processed, meaning they don't make you feel full and they're designed, quite frankly, to be overeaten. So you can get around this, in my opinion, 
by going through your pantry, going through your fridge, auditing all of the things that you have, trying to pull out as much of the ultra-processed, hyper-palatable snack foods as you have, and replace them with fibrous, high-protein snacks. So these are things like fruits, vegetables, whole grains, yogurts, cottage cheese, protein shakes, protein bars, jerky, all of it. Snack more on those things and less on things like chips, cookies, cakes, brownies, pastries, etc. Not because those foods are fattening, they do have a lot of calories, so the more of them you eat, obviously the harder it will be to lose weight, but because they will never leave you feeling satiated. A high protein or high fiber snack actually has the ability to make you feel kind of full, and that can just be all the difference in the world compared to a snack that just makes you more hungry. Okay, my number six tip for losing fat, and this one's cool because it will also save you some money, is at some point audit your pantry, your fridge, and your freezer to make sure that you don't have any expired foods, any foods you're simply not gonna eat, and create some space. Do a spring cleaning on your pantry, your fridge, and your freezer. Pull out stuff that you feel like is either not gonna help you reach your goals, it's expired, or it's just not something you see yourself eating as you journey to losing weight for two reasons. One, you just wanna get that stuff out of your environment. Reduce the temptation, reduce the friction, and reduce how many times you have to opt out of what we would call hedonic deviation. You see something good, it's right there. The hedonist in you says, ah, gosh, I just wanna have it. Well, I don't wanna waste it, so let me have it. And then boom, all of a sudden, you're off the diet. But if you go through all of the food storage places in your home, and this might include throwing some things away, maybe you could donate it, maybe you can give it to somebody who's gonna eat it, you'll end up creating space for more of what you should be eating. And then when you go to the store, fill the freezer, fill the fridge, fill the pantry with more of the foods we've already talked about. More protein, more whole grains, more fruits, more vegetables. All of those things are fine, refrigerated, frozen, pantry, etc. But you know, maybe you pull out some ice cream and you replace it with some frozen berries. Maybe you pull out some soda and you replace it with some diet soda. Maybe you pull out some cookies and you replace it with some jerky. Those are the kinds of things that can make a big, big difference. And I would strongly recommend auditing your food storage space as you embark on a weight loss journey. Okay, the seventh tip, and, and this might be the biggest lifestyle one if you don't consider nutrition a component of lifestyle, and that is to stop sitting so much. There are certain magic numbers like 10,000 steps a day, or you'll even hear people do all oh, 30 minutes of fasted cardio for 30, uh, you know, at a 30% incline with 30 grams of protein. None of that shit makes a difference for fat loss. What makes a difference and why stepping and moving and going on walks and doing cardio really makes a difference is because sitting on your ass all day is the number one thing you can do if you wanna be fat. I think one of the best tools and frames we have for changing behavior is instead of asking what would I do if I wanna be skinny, ask yourself this question, what would I do if I wanted to be fucking fat? And the answer is you'd probably sit on your ass all day. And one thing I've learned from helping a lot of people with nutrition is that when they are sedentary, meaning they sit all day, usually this is for work, then they get home from work, they sit and watch Netflix, then they go to bed, they lay and watch Netflix and scroll TikTok, they don't move. So the amount of calories they can consume every day is at the absolute lowest end of the metric. But the clients I work with who have active jobs like flooring, contracting, manual labor, I can't keep weight on them if I try because they are moving all damn day. And if you wanna consider that they're neat, 
then there you go. You know, they're non-activity thermogenesis. I consider it eat because it is an active job, but if you're sitting all day and you can get 5,000 steps, 10,000 steps, 15,000 steps, it's not the steps that are doing anything magical. Yes, you're burning calories when you're walking, which is good, but you are not sitting on your ass. And here's another thing that happens magically when you're walking, you're not eating. So if you walk for 90 minutes a day, that's 90 minutes a day that you aren't shoveling food down your gullet. And that is the beauty of the 10,000 steps. It's 10,000 steps worth of time not sitting, 10,000 steps worth of time not eating. Nothing magical is happening when you cross the precipice of step 9,999 into step 10,000. They're equivalent by all you know intensive purposes. The difference is, that's a lot of time you are spent not sitting on your ass and 10,000 is a nice round number. So in 2024, if you wanna lose weight, sit way less, step way more, set a goal. I like 10,000 because it's a nice round number. Okay, the eighth tip I have for you is not to underestimate the power of sleep. You probably already know how beneficial sleep is for your mood, for your health, for your cognitive well-being, right? It's 2023, it's no fucking secret. People literally will get five hours of sleep and panic about how they're gonna get Alzheimer's and they can't work out and their HRV is shot. We've probably had the pendulum swing too far because now anybody who doesn't get a full night's sleep melts into like a soft puddle of uselessness. And I'm not saying that you should aim for five hours of sleep every night and just go hardcore. But what I am saying is when it comes to fat loss specifically, sleep is your friend. Again, just like stepping, time spent sleeping is time not spent eating. But uniquely, when you're sleeping, you're kind of recharging this reservoir of willpower you have. You're clearing your brain of all this fatiguing adenosine. You're recovering from workouts you may be doing. It has a very positive effect on appetite and blood sugar to get a good amount of sleep. Uh, and then again, we've got literature that shows, you know, you put two groups on equivalent diets that are matched for protein. One group gets six hours, one group gets eight hours of sleep. Again, they both get the same amount of protein, same amount of activity. The group that gets six hours of sleep loses way more weight from muscle, and the group that gets eight hours of sleep loses way more weight from fat. And that's what you're after with weight loss, is fat loss. So do not underestimate the power of getting seven to eight hours of sleep every night. Six isn't gonna kill you, five's probably too little, nine might be impractical, but the more you can get, the better. Okay, the ninth tip I have for you when it comes to weight loss is to just be aware of the complexity bias. Human beings have this weird bias where the more complex something seems, the better we think it's gonna work, right? Like, oh man, this is such a complicated piece of equipment. There's so many doodads and knickknacks and pieces and components. It must be incredible, it must be amazing, it's so technical. People really lean into the complexity of things and they kind of co-opt complexity with efficacy. And that's just not the case when it comes to losing fat. In my opinion, the simpler you can make it, the better. And that might mean having the same thing for breakfast every day, the same thing for lunch every day, and tracking your macros for dinner. It might mean intermittent fasting. It might mean following a plant-based diet. You need to find something that is simple enough for you to create an environment where your calories are controlled, your protein is elevated, and your movement is elevated. That is quite literally it. 
You do not need a continuous glucose monitor. You do not need a ton of supplements. In most cases, you do not need to know where your blood hormone levels are. What you need is consistent caloric restriction, protein intake, consistency, and to keep the promises that you make to yourself. And you are not going to make that any easier by layering in a ton of complexity. Simplicity is critical when it comes to fat loss, especially in 2024 where we have so many distractions. There's social media, there's you know TikTok, there's YouTube, there's porn, there's you know garbage food everywhere you go. It's an election year, so there's gonna be tons of stress there. Everybody's going back to the office. You have a family, you have kids, you have school. So many things, so many distractions, so many pleasurable inputs wanting to bombard your brain. The world is complex enough. Do you really think your fat loss results will be made better by making your diet and routine more complex? I tend to think not. And as somebody who's been training for 10 years myself, my program has to be a little bit more complex than somebody who's a novice, but my programming is substantially simpler than it was when I was like five years in because I was suffering from the complexity bias. I would try all the most complex training, all the most complex diets, and truthfully, what I've ended up focused on is I work out four days a week for 45 minutes to an hour with weights. I add an extra day if I have time, and I get about 180 grams of protein while counting my calories. And I can stay at my weight with a six pack all year round while still enjoying food, which I think is fairly simple and works pretty well. The 10th and final tip I have for you, which I think pairs nicely with the fact that we are recording this in early January, is to give up alcohol for at least a month. A dry January is very popular. It's something that many people do where they forego drinking for the entire month. And I think that giving up drinking for a month at least is a great idea for most people because what tends to happen when you give up drinking is three very important things. The first, you're eating way less. When you drink, your inhibitions are lowered. Ask anybody who's woken up in bed after a night drinking next to somebody they wouldn't normally sleep with, and they will tell you that drinking impairs your judgment and decision-making. So if there are people in this world who you would not normally have sex with that you would when you're drunk, there's absolutely foods in your pantry that you would eat that you would not normally eat had you not been drinking. So I want you to think about it very simply. Drinking reduces your inhibitions. Dieting is already very hard. Drinking and dieting, not a good combination. Additionally, number two, alcohol has a ton of calories. Beer, wine, cocktails, they all have calories. So when you pull those out, man, oh man, are you removing a ton of calories directly from your diet. And back to that previous point, you're removing a lot of those indirect inhibition-reduced snacks, grazes, binges that come with alcohol. The third and probably most important thing when it comes to your overall health is like, yes, alcohol is linked to tons of different disease, tons of different illness, tons of cancer, but it also destroys your sleep. Your sleep quality is really hit hard by alcohol intake. So reducing your alcohol intake will help you sleep better, which will help your appetite indirectly. Reducing your appetite or your alcohol will decrease calories directly from the alcohol and indirectly from the foods you eat once you get a little buzz going. So those are the 10 things that I would do 
in 2024, if I wanted fairly simple, effortless fat loss, I would go slow. I would focus on protein. I would hydrate like crazy. I would include fiber with every single meal. I would overhaul all my snacks and look for more protein-dense fiber snacks. I would pull a lot of the foods that I knew weren't gonna help me with my goals out of my pantry, fridge, and freezer. I would audit them and replace them with more foods that would help me. I would get more steps and sit less. I would focus big time on my sleep. I would focus on simplicity, consistency, and building a plan that I could stick to even on my worst day. And I'd aim for seven to nine hours of sleep every night. If you wanna lose fat in 2024, be sure to subscribe to the channel, hit the like button, and turn on the bell for notifications. Catch you on the next video.